Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. You would turn your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 22. Matthew chapter 22, and we'll be beginning in verse 15 today. Jesus continues to be confronted by the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the religious leaders. We've seen through chapter 21 that he told some parables in, uh, and at the beginning of chapter 2, some parables in response to, the, to the, uh, these religious leaders who were opposing him. And in this passage, we see they, they come to him again to try to trap him. But Jesus can't be trapped. Jesus was not just some great teacher. Jesus was not just a man. But Jesus was God in the flesh. Jesus, not only was he smarter than these ones that were trying to trap him up, but he knew all things. He is the omniscient creator of heaven and earth. Today we're looking at the passage where Jesus teaches us about paying taxes of all things. And it's uh, February, so we've all got our W-2s. And we're getting in that mode. We're getting ready. We've got till. April it used to be a solid date in the 15th. I don't know, they keep moving around anymore. I don't know what the exact deadline is anymore. So maybe this is a good time of year to, to look at this passage. This passage also tells us that we live in two, two kingdoms where we have dual citizenship. Where we, we live under the rules of the government and yet we live under the rule of God. Let's go ahead and look at our text. Beginning in verse 15, it says, Then the Pharisees went and plotted how to entangle him in his words. And they sent their disciples to him, along with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, how are uh, we know that you are true and teach the way of God truthfully. And you do not care about anyone's opinion, for you are not swayed by appearances. Tell us then what you think. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus, aware of their malice, said, Why put me to the test, you hypocrites? Show me the coin for the tax. And they brought him a denarius. And Jesus said to them, Whose likeness and inscription is this? And they said, Caesar's. And he said to them, Therefore, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. When they heard it, they marveled. And they left him and went away. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, help us. Help us to have ears to hear and eyes to see. 
Lord, help us to feed on your word this morning. Give me strength and grace as I preach your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Then the Pharisees went and plotted how to entangle him with his words. This comes right off the Jesus telling the story of the wedding feast. Um, he had just told three different parables to the Pharisees, to these religious leaders, trying to uh, responding to their challenges of his authority. And this time, the Pharisees they they're like, okay, we're not we're not getting anywhere, so they they leave. It says they went away and they plotted how to entangle him with their words. This was premeditated. They made a plan. They were figuring, how can we trap Jesus in His words? They were against Jesus. They, they wanted to trap Him. They wanted to make, uh, you know, to, to, to cause Him to, to be taken away and ultimately crucified, which He was. So, it says they sent their disciples to Him along with the Herodians. These Pharisees were not even brave enough. They were cowards. They wouldn't even go themselves. They sent some of their students along. Here, go. Students. They sent their students along, their disciples, along with the Herodians. Now, who are these Herodians? We know the Pharisees a little bit better. The Pharisees we, we read about a lot in the Gospels and in Acts. The Pharisees were a, a religious political party, basically, and they, they, they were very, very meticulous about being obedient to the law. They were very, very devoted to God's Word. Um, and, and, and honestly, they were actually fairly close to Jesus, except they kept missing the point. They believed in a resurrection of the dead. That's one of the things they believed. That's one of the things that distinguished them from the Sadducees who didn't believe in the resurrection of the dead. They believed in all of the Scriptures. Yet they kept missing the point. And the Herodians, we only know of the Herodians uh, from about three different passages. This story of, of Jesus um, answering the question about taxes, and then there's two places in Mark that the Herodians are mentioned. We have no uh, mention of them in extra-biblical literature at all, so we know very, very little about the Herodians, other than what their name tells us. Their name tells us they were probably devoted followers or supporters of Herod, or the family of Herod, the Herod, that, the one that tried to kill Jesus when he was a baby. But, but that family dynasty, the Romans had placed them as leaders there over the Jewish people. He had installed Herod the Great as, as king of the Jews. And his uh, heir was leader over the Jewish nation. And so these people were, the Her Herodians were probably supporters of the Roman status quo. Whereas the Pharisees, on the other hand, they were more likely to, to, to uh, sympathize with wanting to get rid of Rome. They, 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 they were devoted to God's Word and they wanted to have... Um, they, they were looking for the Messiah to come and deliver them from Rome. 
And so you have these political ideologies, one that's in support of Rome and one that wants to get rid of Rome, and they're both coming to question Jesus about a question that has to do with their relationship with Rome. It says, teacher, they come to him flattering him. Not that they believe these things. They come flattering him. They say, we know, they call him teacher, and they say, we know that you are true. And you teach the way of God truthfully. Do they really believe that? No. But they're, they're saying these things to try to butter him up. They're saying, oh, we know that you are true. And they don't just say that his words are true. They say, you are true. So they're, they're saying he, he is a person of integrity. He, he says what is true all the time. And he teaches the way of God truthfully. Again, Jesus sees right through that. He recognizes they're hypocrites. They don't believe what they're saying. He says, the, 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 uh, these disciples of the Pharisees and the Herodians, they say, and you do not care about anyone's opinion for you are not swayed by appearances. Again, with this flattery, they're saying, we know, Jesus, that you're going to tell us the truth and you're not going to try to avoid the question because of political maneuvering. You're going to tell us the truth. Here they are just lining up for the trap. They're telling Jesus... You're going to tell us what you really think. Verse 17. Tell us then, what do you think? Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Well, this is the big question. Um, When they were under exile... They understood they were under discipline, uh, the discipline of God, and so they knew in the exile that they were to, to go along with whatever government that they were living in. Uh, you know, Jeremiah told them to seek the welfare of the city that they were in. Uh, they, they were to, to go ahead and pay the taxes and everything. But, you know, Deuteronomy said not to set a king over you that's a foreigner. And so there, there was this conflict among the people. They, they, they were divided on the question, should they pay taxes to Rome? Is it right? Are they just doing um, what they're supposed to do? Or are they being disobedient to God by paying the taxes? That's the kind of question they're asking. And, and it ends, he says, is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? They're asking a yes or no question. They've worded their question in such a way it's asking for just a yes or a no, a simple yes or no. You know, sometimes we get fouled up on yes or no questions or true-false questions. Sometimes, you know, when I was uh, living in Kansas City and I had to take a, uh, uh, when when I was in that program, they had us all take a personality test. And uh, sometimes, you know, you go through those things and uh, it was all just one or the other, yes or no. And um, uh, so many of those questions were like, I don't like either of these answers. I don't like either of these answers. Uh, I, you know, I don't know what the reason they do that is, but I, I think sometimes they, they do that on purpose to try to, you know, just see what you're going to do. Jesus was not going to fall into their yes or no trap. 
He was not going to give them the answer that they wanted. Which they thought they had lined it up perfectly so that he had to give just a yes or no. But he wasn't going to fall for it. Jesus says, show me the coin for the taxes. Or, yeah, show me the coin for the tax. And it says they brought him a denarius. So they didn't have one with them. They brought it. So they had to go send for it. And somebody had to come bring it. Because these, these coins that he's talking about, the coin that they would pay the tax with, the one that they would pay the Roman tax with, was a Roman coin. They were probably still here around the temple. You know, we just had Jesus cleanse the temple. And, and the Roman coins were offensive to the Jews. Now, the Roman coin would have a picture of Caesar on it, probably Caesar Tiberius, Tiberius Caesar at this time. And this Roman coin had an inscription on it that uh, uh, called, I think it would say, Tiberius, son of the divine Augustus. From archaeology, we know the kind of thing. And so uh, there's, there's associations with emperor worship. And on the back of it, it had a picture of a goddess. And, and um, uh, this goddess, it, it said high priest on the back of it. So there were religious associations with this coinage from Caesar. They didn't want to have to have anything to do with these coins. So they had, they had to go send for it. And someone would come and bring it. The, the Jews were in, in, a, in a kind of a, 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 a stuck spot. They had to pay this coin, this tax to Rome with the Roman currency, which offended them with the pictures that were on it. But they were stuck. They had no choice. So they went, they got the coin, and Jesus holds it up and says, whose likeness and inscription is on it? And it's an obvious answer. Caesar's. He turns their question on them. He answers their question with a question. Again, they're wanting a yes or no. And he says, whose likeness and inscription is this? They tell him it's Caesar's. And he says to them, then render to Caesar what is Caesar's. Notice earlier, when it said, is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar? The Greek word that's used there is to give it. Uh, one thing is they, they felt like they're, 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 they're paying this particular tax. They didn't have a, that didn't have a problem like with paying like for toll roads and things like that. But this particular tax they felt was for no reason at all. They felt like it was just filling the coffers of Caesar without having any kind of uh, purpose or benefit that they were getting for it. And so they felt like they were giving it. And there's a different Greek word that's used here. It's, it's, it has to do with paying what is owed. Jesus says, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. Whose picture is on that coin? Caesar's. Well, then it belongs to Caesar. And you pay to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, Jesus says. And give to God what is God's. There seems like there's some kind of parallelism there. There's, there's a one for one. You know, we have, we have this image of Caesar on the coin. Now, if there was just something that had God's image on it, 
Can you think of anything that has God's image on it? (laughs) Ron read from Genesis chapter 1. We were created in the image of God. We were created in the image of God, male and female. He created them in the image of God. Caesar stamped what belonged to him with his image. And God stamped what belonged to him with his image. When Caesar demands his payment, Jesus says, Pay Caesar what belongs to Caesar, but you give God you. He demands your highest allegiance. What this does is it does not say blanketly that we just owe Caesar everything that Caesar asks for. And we don't owe the government everything that the government asks for. Because when the government demands that we give the government what belongs to God, namely our allegiance and our devotion and our obedience, then we are to say no to Caesar. Let me continue through this text. They said Caesar's, and he said to them, Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. And when they heard it, they marveled. And they left him and went away. We thought we had him! <laughs> we thought we had him! This yes or no question, we were, we were, we, we were going to trap him! He gives the answer, and they marvel. How did he get out of that one? And they walk away because they couldn't do anything. They couldn't answer. You can't trap Jesus. We can't rationalize or anything like that to try to get around what Jesus demands. Jesus sees right through our hearts. We live in two kingdoms. And in this era... In this present evil age, as the Bible calls it, we are dual citizens. We have things that our government demands of us, and so long as they do not conflict with what God demands of us, Jesus says we obey. We pay our taxes. We do what the government asks us, so long as it does not conflict with what God demands. But then there are times when what God demands conflicts. We think of Acts chapter 4 and the the disciples were preaching and they were commanded by those in authority, stop preaching in Jesus' name. And they kept on doing it. And Peter responds, are we to obey God or man? There are times when the government might demand something where we have to say we can't. We have a higher allegiance. I think particularly of people like um, uh, Jack Phillips. You guys know who Jack Phillips is? He's the cake baker in Colorado who's being persecuted by the government of Colorado. He was asked to make a cake for a homosexual wedding. Well, he believed that in his creating that, that 
that he was participating in something that was celebratory that he did not believe in, that God did not approve of, and he fought it. And he went to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court said the state of Colorado was basically treating him with malice, that they, they, were, they were targeting him. And it's like the day after they ruled in his favor, he has another court case where someone asked him to make a, a, I think it was a a pink cake on the outside that was blue on the inside. And again, all over again. And this week he's been in the news again because the Supreme Court of Colorado has said, make the cake. Sometimes our allegiance to God means that we cannot do what the government says. And we may face persecution. We may face ridicule. We may face the world around us saying, bake the cake, you bigot. But we must stand for what God says. We owe Him our allegiance. We live in two kingdoms, and we owe Him our highest allegiance. We have been stamped with the image of God. And not only have we been stamped with the image of God, just like all of humanity has been stamped with the image of God, but also Jesus has died to buy us. He has purchased us with His blood. If we are believers, we are His sons and daughters. We have another relationship with Him besides the one uh, that all humanity has. We are all created in God's image. We are all deserving of respect and dignity because we have been created in the image of God. But the believer has something even greater. We can be called sons of God because we have placed our faith in Jesus. He has changed our hearts he has given us a new heart and a new mind. There is an, the old has gone, the new has come. We are new creations in Christ Jesus. Amen. So I'll conclude today. You can't trick Jesus. We are citizens of two kingdoms. We owe things to this kingdom in this world. But when the two conflict, I charge us all, stand firm. Stand firm. Whatever the government or whatever people bring against us, it is a light, momentary affliction compared to the eternal weight of glory that awaits us. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.com or you can like us on Facebook.